Your number one Christian hit station presents Dog Watch. Former San Antonio police officer, author, and pastor, Tim Rupp, takes you through real-life scenarios and discusses excerpts from his books. You've never heard cop talk quite like this. Dog Watch starts now. Hello and welcome to Dog Watch. I'm Tim Rupp in the Rev.FM studio in Idaho Falls, Idaho with the the man, Gary Austin. Hello, Gary. <laughs> Hello, Tim Rupp. Well, here we are, man. Halfway through August. I know. I It's unbelievable. That, that's the way summer goes around here. It sure is. I mean, things slow down right about February. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, come on, man. The, the, the shortest month of the year seems like the longest in Idaho. <laughs> it's <laughs> it just sure like, does. come on, you know? And then things are... You know, going again. Then things are going again. So, yeah, Easter and everything else. My goodness, man. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Your travels and everything. Every, yeah. So that's yeah. good stuff. Anyways, yeah. And so uh, actually this weekend I'm going to be up in, speaking of traveling, I'm going to be up in the, the, the beautiful panhandle of Idaho. Ooh. Chaplain's Retreat. I'm hosting a, a facility. I'm not hosting it. It's being hosted by Protector's Peak protectorspeak.com great yes. great website go there yeah they uh, uh nate harder retired police officer and his wife they have a retreat for officers <clears throat> and they're doing a retreat for uh chaplains police chaplains uh-huh so they asked me to come up there and facilitate that that is cool so, and this is on their property right that, that that's on that's on property that that, for that purpose that, that yes that that their 501c3 their uh, nonprofit organization, Protectors uh-huh. Peak, is in the process of purchasing that property up there, and uh, it's beautiful, beautiful area, St. Oh, Joe, Joe Mountains, yeah, and the St. Joe River and all beautiful. that stuff, Love it. and uh, it's it's a beautiful yes. area, Northern Idaho. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, so so and then after that, I'm going to San Antonio, the end of the month, going to be speaking in the my the the church that my dad founded 47 years ago. They're having oh, their forty seventh wow. anniversary, huh? And they asked me to come and speak. So that's cool. I said, yeah, that's I'll, I'll be I'll be down there and I'll do do some training also while I'm while I'm there and oh, visit the family great. and so forth. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, staying busy. Hey, uh, <clears throat> good to stay busy and good it, things. It, it is. Before we get to our officer down memorial page, on I wanted to mention this because I I want to make sure I do not for, forget this or squeeze it in at the end. Deputy Chris Williams, and, and this is coming up this Friday, a spaghetti dinner for mm-hmm. him, Gary. We mentioned it la- uh, last week. De- Deputy Chris Williams with the Bonneville County Sheriff's Office was recently diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Mm. You know, and yeah. uh, they're doing all they can to uh, give him treatment, to, to make him uh, do whatever they, they can for him. Mm-hmm. But, but things that the diagnosis is, was unexpected. Uh, really was recently married. I yeah, think two years. Yeah, a couple years ago, and he and his, he and his wife have uh, five kids. Between the two between, of them, between right. the two of them, have have five kids, uh-huh. and uh, so, uh, anyways, they're raising money to help with medical expenses and so forth. And one of the things they're doing, if you just want to donate money, you can do it through uh, 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 Venmo. Just go to my uh, Facebook page. It's Tim Rupp, my Facebook page. And it's pinned to the top, uh, the, the first post that is there, and you can sh- you can check it out. You can donate money, but on the on Friday, th- this Friday on on uh, on the eighteenth from six to nine p.m. they're having a, a silent auction and a dessert auction. You can make a dessert, take it there. That's and they're awesome. Gonna, they're going to auction it off. Is, Whatever money is, is going to cool. go to the family. If you want to eat, <clears throat> ten dollars a person. All you can eat is spaghetti. Mm-hmm. 
You can just OD on spaghetti, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I love spaghetti. And hey, if you got, oh, I got a family, man. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost you 35 bucks for 35. your family. Doesn't yeah. matter how Regardless. many. And now, immediate family. Don't be taking your your third cousin once removed, you know, and all of their kids and say, it's all my family. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Immediate family, $35. Yeah, make it right. It but is a fundraiser. It, it, it's a fundraiser for, for, yeah, for, for good, Chris good and, and, his, and his family. And it, you don't like spaghetti, you can't, whatever, just go buy and donate some money. Yeah. Just go yeah, buy and, sure. and give them some money for uh, uh, for the Williams family. And uh, Venmo, it's at Williams underscore family. But you want to make sure you get it right. You can go to my uh, page there, my Facebook page, Tim Rupp, and uh, find it there. <clears throat> if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact us here at the Rev. Dogwatch at the rev.fm, dogwatch at the rev.fm, or give us a call here mm-hmm. and we'll make sure we get the information to you. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> okay. Officer Down Memorial Page. So, we're going to honor the officers that were, were killed on this date in history, August 16th. And I've got Gary here. I've got Town Marshal Seaborn J. Crook. Seaborn. That's his first name, Seaborn. Seaborn. You know, you get some of these people that, you know, a couple of year, a couple hundred years ago, it's like, man, where did they come up with these names from? No. Seaborn. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, Jacksonville, Jacksonville Police Department in Alabama. End of watch, August 16th, 1881. Wow. Town Marshal Seaborn Crook was shot and killed by a subject who he had arrested previously for disorderly conduct and being drunk in public. Oh, you know how many goodness. people I, I've arrested for disorderly condu- conduct or being drunk in public? Oh, I don't have a clue. You're right. I mean, I worked downtown that's... foot and bike patrol. I worked downtown uh, a foot patrol, and that's all we did mm. is arrest drunks and disorderly conduct all the time. Anyways, this is what happened. The subject located Marshall Crook standing in the doorway of the town hotel <clears throat> and struck up a conversation with him. After the marshal declined his invitation to go hunting together, the man shot him in the chest with the shotgun, killing him instantly. Oh, my goodness. So here they are in downtown New York. Now, of course, this is 1881. Mm-hmm. And the guy probably walked up and had a shotgun with them. And, you know, they struck up a conversation, asked him about probably going bird hunting or something with them. Let's go hunt some turkeys or whatever. And uh, he just turned, you know, and I don't want to go hunting with you. He's probably probably taking him out to go hunting and have a hunting accident. Exactly. That's probably what was going That's on. That's what I was and, thinking. And yeah. the officer's like, no, nah, I'm not going to go. So he, so he shot him. Now, the guy could have been killed concealed in a hot shotgun. We don't know. Right. Anyways, it, here, here's the thing. The man was arrested and charged with Marshall Crook's murder. He was found guilty of second-degree murder in two different trials. Second wow. Second-degree murder in two different trials. Two different trials. So he must have appealed and got it overturned and had another trial yeah found guilty again he right. was sentenced to four years in prison oh my goodness four that is years. nothing it's but he died before finishing his sentence the only thing i can think of this was an elderly guy but wow. still it doesn't matter it don't matter That's... you give i mean four years second degree murder you just hmm. shot the intentionally yeah it just it wasn't uh. It's unbelievable. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I am it, too. You know, and, and I'm surprised that's not, you know, today. Yeah. But that was in 1881. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, and what officer do you have, Gary? At uh, Deputy Sheriff Brandon Joseph Nielsen, uh, end of watch on August uh, 16th in 2012, 
And uh, v- very interesting. Now, this uh, this is for uh, Deputy Sheriff Brandon Joseph Nielsen, but it lists, uh, so the Deputy Sheriff and another Deputy Sheriff, uh, Jeremy uh, Trichet, uh, they were both shot and killed in Laplace, Louisiana, and they were shot and killed by members of a domestic terrorist group known as mm. the Sovereign Citizens. Familiar up here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so they were shot while investigating an earlier ambush shooting that wounded a sheriff's uh, office investigator um, who was he was parked in a remote employee parking lot used by a construction company. And this was at about uh, five o'clock in the morning when he was ambushed um, as he sat in his department vehicle. So then these two deputy sheriffs that were shot and killed were investigating oh, wow. that earlier uh, shooting. Um, so the responding units, they located a car they believed had been involved in, an, in this earlier shooting. And as deputy Nielsen, deputy Trichet, and a third deputy questioned two men outside of a mobile home, a third man suddenly exited the home and opened fire with a semi-automatic rifle hitting all wow. three of them. Um, but the two, uh, died, um, as a result of their wounds. And seven subjects were arrested, arrested and held in connection with both uh, both separate shooting incidents. And the shooter was sentenced to death on February 9th, twenty twenty. And this was in so this was two thousand twelve. So eight years took him eight years to get a conviction. Eight years. Eight years. That, wow. You know. <clears throat> and interesting too, it says Deputy Nielsen had served with the Saint John the Baptist parish sheriff's office for one year and then it just says he had served in law enforcement for 10 years so so he transferred from another agency yeah but he was 34 34 years old so So, he'd been so he'd been in policing his whole adult life yeah 34 years old 24 he became police officer yeah yeah uh, it's pretty young yeah but yeah very that was pretty intriguing you know in that sovereign citizen i was just talking to our sheriff here uh the first of this month just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, <clears throat> he was talking about them tie the the those that he said he, he oh he got some mail that's what he did he, he had some mail oh. on his desk and somebody had sent him their driver's license and said I don't recognize the authority of the state of Idaho and I'm a citizen of the United States and I don't recognize the state's authority <laughs> he just shakes his head these people are just you know they're just they they will deny that there's any authority yeah other than federal authority mm-hmm. and they turn in their driver's license and all this stuff you know we think that's silly but a lot of them are very violent you got to be careful exactly so that's... if you're out there and you don't understand some sometimes uh good citizens honest good citizens get caught up in these groups they don't realize mm-hmm. what they are right they just think they're like a second amendment group that supports the second amendment mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. be very careful yeah uh, uh do some research you find something online or somebody wants to invite you to do something even call the sheriff's department or the police department yeah say hey I, i'm concerned about this group they call themselves some constitutional or something like that do a little research mm-hmm Find out what you're getting into. I've had people call me and ask me about them groups and, you know, Mm -hmm. just got to be careful. There's a lot of good groups that are just good, you know, patriot groups Mm -hmm. that want to support and want you to vote and whatever. And that's fine. But be careful. 
about yeah. what you're what you're getting into out there. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff you don't want to mess with. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we got a kind of a again we got kind of a uh, heavy to- topic today. Uh, this happened uh, the end of last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, shocking thing. It, sa- it says this, and this is out of this is out of uh, Miami. This is from the uh, Miami Herald, I, I, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Head of my head of Miami police shoots himself on busy highway after domestic dispute. The head of Florida's largest police department was in critical condition at one of the state's hospitals on Monday after the shooting after shooting himself on a busy interstate following a domestic dispute. Fred Ramirez, director of the Miami-Dade Police Department, and his wife, Jody, had earlier been asked to leave the J.W. Marriott Hotel in Tampa's downtown where where he was attending attending the Sheriff's Association Conference. So a lot of sheriffs, they they have conference, they have uh, uh, different associations. And, uh, And what they do, Gary, they get together once a year usually or whatever it is, and they talk about, you know, things that are facing sheriffs. You wonder, well, why is the head of the Miami-Dade, he's a, he's a, it's the director of the Miami-Dade Police Department. Mm-hmm. He's not a sheriff. And I found this interesting. I didn't know this. Back in, I think it was 1966, the, the, the police department, the sheriff's department, in the Miami-Dade, the Dade County Sheriff's Department was corrupt. So they did away with it. Oh. And they 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 made the police department and the sheriff's department all one, because Miami is such a big city mm-hmm. and engulfs the whole the whole uh, uh, county, okay. uh, Dade, Dade County, okay. Dade County, Florida. That's where Miami's in. So it was just the Miami Dade Police Department, oh. and so they were all one. And the thing is, they they passed legislation. They're like, you can't do that. You've got to have a sheriff. You got to have an elected sheriff in the county. Hmm. So now. Fifty years later, they're going to have an, they're going to they're going to have a sheriff, and so he was attending this. And his intentions, I, I read it down later that he intended to run for sheriff. Oh so yeah, so he was going to run okay. for sheriff for, for Dade County. So that's why he was at this at this uh, function. Uh-huh. Anyways, according to the uh, 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 Tampa Police Department, officers were called to the hotel to investigate a report of a couple arguing, a man pointing a gun at himself. A statement provided to the Guardian said officers identified the man as Ramirez, but after talking to him and the woman with him, which would have been his wife, determined that there was no evidence of crime or an immediate danger and left. So when you read that, Gary, you're like, well, what in the world was going on? You know, yeah, there's more. Why did they cut this guy a break because he's a, you know, he's a police chief or right. whatever? That kind of goes through your mind. Uh, however, and then the article goes on. However, after leaving the hotel, the 50-year-old Ramirez pulled over on the side of the Interstate 75 and shot himself in the head. Chaz, Chad uh, Cronister, the sheriff of Hillsborough County, which includes Tampa, told reporters that Ramirez's wife was with him in the car and, and called 911. From what we can tell... <clears throat> From what we can tell, processing the evidence and interviews that were conducted was a self-inflicted gunshot wound and adding that Ramirez is expected to survive. So we've got an updated report that dated August the the 3rd, and he's still he's in stable condition. Hmm. Still in the hospital, hmm. but in stable condition. So apparently he's going to he's going to make it. I'm not sure what the what his condition is other than he's stable. The sheriff's office stands united. And this is what they said. The sheriff's office stands united with a profound sense of compassion and concern for our colleague who has experienced a traumatic event 
mental health knows no boundaries. And I hope the direct, that Director Ramirez and anyone in a crisis gets the help that they need. Mm-hmm. And so immediately, which I, I can understand, but immediately people go to it's a mental health issue. Well, Gary, you know, as I as I wrote in my book, suicide is not an option. Hope and man search for meaning. Suicide is because of a lack of hope. Yeah, you know, and it's and while there are people with mental issues that I will grant that, there are many more people with spiritual health issues. Oh, wow. so yeah, and uh, unfortunately, we have mental health specialists stepping outside of their specialty in in trying to treat spiritual health issues and we need to be careful with that and make sure that spiritual health issues tr- treat that some of the follow-up things i want to mention because i said well what why didn't police do why didn't they do anything and so i've got this article here gary from august 3rd and and i want to read some of this here it says police officers responded to a report of someone with a gun threatened to end it all outside the florida's hotel discovered that the person was director of the Miami-Dade Police Force. So that's the intro into the thing. And mm. and it says this down, and I'm going to start reading in about the third paragraph, third or fourth paragraph. It says, Tampa police were initially called around 6.30 p.m. on Sunday evening to a hotel where the Florida Sheriff's annual conference was underway. Someone saw a man and a woman arguing outside the hotel and called 911. Okay, that's that's a normal mm-hmm. call, normal right. police call. Yeah. After they said the man later identified was later identified as the 52-year-old Ramirez, pointed a gun to his head. Now that's not common. It, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Not every domestic. Usually domestics, there's no gun involved. But here's one with a gun. He pointed it to his his own head. By the time the police arrived, the couple had gone to their 12th floor room. Hotel security told officers, according to the body cam uh, footage. The witnesses who reported the couple's arguing were no longer at the scene, so there's no witnesses there to say what happened. Interesting. The officer, yeah, the, the officers, but that's quite common. Oh, you is know, it? They're, they're at a hotel, and uh, they see something, and they call the police, and then the, the people, couple leave and go upstairs. Oh, And the people are like, the well, thing. let's go. We got it. You know, we're on our way home or whatever. Okay. So they just leave. The officers couldn't find hotel security footage of the incident, according to the police report. A swarm of officers then, then run, run upstairs. or they, they go upstairs. Tampa police, Tampa police, come out with your hands up. Hands up, an officer says in the body cam video. So witness, somebody told them that the couple were, were upstairs. Mm-hmm. A woman later identified as Jody Ramirez comes comes out of the room, followed by her husband, who had who had to be told multiple times to show his hands, according to the report. Ramirez then was then handcuffed, the video shows. So that, that's common. When you get a, a, a report like this, there's supposed to be a gun play involved. He was supposed to have the gun. Show me your hands, show me your hands. Okay, I don't have a gun. They handcuff him. That doesn't mean he's under arrest. Mm-hmm. He's being detained. He's being handcuffed for his safety and for the safety of everyone there. Sure, okay. So, so they're, they're being handcuffed. What are you doing, he asked the officers. Uh, uh, what are you doing? He asked the officers. All right, you know, I'm the director of the Miami-Dade Police Department. The officers ask him for identification, which he says is in his wallet in the room, his gun in his holster is found in the chair. Outside, the officers continue talking to uh, uh, Ramirez and separately, separately to his wife. Man, I didn't do anything. Please, Ramirez says, if you write a report, you know they're, they're going to blow my blank up. 
I didn't do anything, please. So he's pleading because he realizes if he's convicted of a domestic assault, his, oh, man. his career is over. Yeah. And so you can, you know, you know what's going on here. The officers ask him if he played a gun when he talked with his wife. No, uh, no, sir. Okay, we had a discussion, Ramirez says. He tells him an argument was about marriage stuff and adds, we're good. Nearby other officers question Jody Ramirez asking it if the argument got physical or whether her husband had pointed a gun at himself or at her. Hmm. Honestly, I can't remember, <laughs> she says, adding that she didn't, adding that they had been drinking. A couple things here. <laughs> and this is very common for a woman to protect her husband, mm -hmm. especially a police she officer's knows. wife. Yeah. Because she realizes that if he loses his job, the money stops. Yeah. And they've been married for 30 years. It's not mm -hmm. like they just got married last exactly. week. Exactly. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. And Maverick, she, she says in the next paragraph, she tells officers, we're just having a heated heated conversation, which she remarked wasn't wasn't unusual after 30 years of marriage. She also tells officers that her husband always has his gun on him. He has plenty of demons from the job and has a temper. He's not making any threats, I promise you, she says. So they did. Some, some investigation here. So here's the thing, Gary. Police officers normally don't like to, they're not out to arrest everybody. Mm -hmm. if, if they can go and make a family disturbance and quiet people down and talk to them and they don't have to make an arrest, that's good. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they, they just don't want to do that. It's, exactly. It's extra work. It's it, it could cost somebody their job, even if they're not a police officer. Yep. So and. I, I think too, you know, in, in, in a situation like this, you know, it talks about, you know, her, you know, basically saying, no, it was just a heated argument, you know, and, 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 and protects him. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate at the same time. And I mean, it doesn't sound like there was abuse, but I, I would think that it's sad that even as a police officer's uh, wife, you know, that if there is an abusive situation that, it almost gives permission for that to continue that, you know, and because and, it scares her, you know, to, right. she wants to be married to him, but she might be scared and you know, things like that. And she but don't that, know where to go for help. Exactly. That's it's because it's she realizes sad. if have, I go tell my, my husband's boss, his sergeant or lieutenant or the chief, whatever it is, may cost him a job. For him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then they're out of a job. Now, mm -hmm. and so that's why chaplain ministry is so important. Yes. Because they can point. go and say some things to a chaplain where a chaplain is not required to report that. If she told another officer that her husband is, is you know, getting agitated and doing some things, and, and he may have to report that. Yeah. And if he doesn't, he's in trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's why chaplains are, are important, where they can intervene. That's a good you know, point. It, it's a terrible situation. I'm glad that, I'm glad the, uh, chief is still alive and, and hopefully he'll make a full recovery and i yeah. pray that you know they they get help and whatever but it was interesting uh after looking at that i got my uh monthly letter from uh paul lee paul lee is a retired captain in chattanooga police department and he's the he's the uh head of the uh fellowship of christian uh peace officers usa and he wrote his article on suicide with police officers Oh, and so, wow. so yeah, he he wrote about this, and and this is what he said. He said in in, 
In recent months, three retired officers contemplating suicide have contacted the fellowship of Christian peace officers. He goes on to say this, by gently opening God's word and providing real biblical truth, each of these officers, their lives have been transformed and they now have a true relationship with Christ and a new outlook on what is important in life. So praise the Lord there. They they found some, some spiritual help that they needed. And it's helped them that out, is and, great. It's, and it's turned turned their lives around. So that that's like very that. important. It's important to have these these outlooks. And of course, you know, we talked about Gary. We've we've talked about on, on previous shows. My book, uh, Suicide Not an Option: Hope and Man's Search for Meaning. Any officer that wants a copy of that book, they can go to my website and request it. Mm-hmm. I will ship it to them for free. If if a uh, police officer or somebody be helping a police uh, is helping to minister a police officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will get That's that great. resource yeah. to them for free. So uh, thanks thanks for listening in. We're, we're at the end. We're over time. If you have any questions you want to talk to us about anything, you, complaints, anything you want us <laughs> to talk about, uh, yep. complaints, send to Gary. But anything else, send to me, <laughs> dogwatch at the rev.fm, dogwatch at the rev.fm. And remember, make the watch strong. Dog Watch is brought to you by the Strong Blue Line and your number one Christian hit station. Send your comments and questions to dogwatch at therev.fm. You can download the Dog Watch episodes from therev.fm as well as offer your financial support for this program. Be encouraged, be strengthened, be enabled in your faith with Dog Watch.